0: This program is sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries. This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung.
1: Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Thank you for joining us on this battlefield we call life today. And so, my guest today is calling in from Alaska. Rudy is from Alaska and is the Executive Director of Alaska Correctional Ministries. Alaska Correctional Ministries provides financial, training, and ministry assistance to 16 chaplains at 13 state prisons there. They facilitate two reentry homes, one for newly released female inmates. And one for newly released men. They also run two 24-7 intensive faith-based discipleship programs for inmates for long-term rehabilitation. God prepared Rudy for this ministry years ago when he was an inmate himself. Rudy, my friend, welcome to the program. Well, thank
2: you, Mike. It's great to be
1: here. So let's kick this off by having you share your story.
2: All right. I'll try to give you the minimized version. Uh, Yeah. um, I'm 71 years old now. Uh, Everybody tells me I look 50, but really I'm 71. And, uh, you know, grew up in a a regular family. We had our issues. And uh, being uh, rebellious, uh, I adopted all the unhealthy issues and then created a lot more through my life. And I went into the military during Vietnam and uh, lived a terrible life. Uh, a lot of people got into drugs and alcohol and a number of other things, but my main obsessive compulsivity was sex. And uh, as a medic, uh, I fooled around with a lot of women in the in the hospital, uh, nursing staff, so on and so on. And that was always been a major part. And uh, a attempt to change during that time, the Jesus Revolution was going on. Um, I got involved with the Jesus Revolution, got involved in a real good Christian program, and uh, uh, at a point uh, had had a type of conversion, but didn't fully surrender myself. And so getting caught up in the movement and everything, and mostly it was just my flesh and myself, went off to Bible school, got married, uh, left Bible school, and uh, came to Alaska to visit my father-in-law, and I've been here the last 46 years. I've been in ministry for uh, 16 years, and all that time, God gave a lot of great success. A lot of of wonderful things happened that we can major on, but that's for another time. Uh, But this uh, sexual obsessive compulsivity in my life was always there, and I would cry, and I would scream out to God, I would fast and pray, I would do a number of things. And uh, so there are a lot of questions come out of that, but the bottom line is I would not bring it out in the open. I would not. Uh, Of course, back in those days, there was no sexual addiction ministry. There wasn't a whole lot, if anything, on uh, counseling in that arena. Uh, The therapists and counselors and pastors I went to, they were pretty much devoid of any real experience and knowledge of this and just gave the regular pat answers. And even the Christian people, uh, it just was not a lot of familiarity and, of course, as everybody is aware today, um, it just kind of... uh, you know, we really don't need that kind of thing here in the church. Don't talk about it. Just do the regular things. And so it's pretty much uh, an attitude that, you know, you're an embarrassment. Uh, get it together with God. and Let's don't talk about these things. And uh, So I try to do that. Uh, but at the same time, I really got to admit that I really didn't pour out like I should have. Uh, I did what I thought I could do in fasting and praying. And then having come from a Pentecostal church I'm really familiar with, fasting and praying and all those things. And there just just was not a real sincerity uh, uh, at that level, in spite of the fact that there's not as much rehabilitation as there is today. Uh, All of that went on for a number of years. I pastored five churches. I traveled all over. Alaska, North uh, United States, and I was, uh, by my denomination, I was one of the speakers at a world event in Atlanta, Georgia. and But all the time I had uh, this sexual obsessive compulsivity. And as we all know, when there's a lot of negativity, it, uh, it uh, leads to the desire to act out. And so when I was in Atlanta at the hotel and I was going to speak the next day, I was so nervous because uh, I was going to speak to 30,000 ministers from around the world. And I just went outside and bingo, there were a couple of prostitutes drove up and there I went. Um, eventually, all of this destroyed my uh, life and uh, I created victims in my life. I had multi- multiple affairs, uh, immorality of all kinds, uh, just multiple, multiple. And of course, uh, my wife found out and we tried to uh, deal with it, but my heart wasn't into that, and, and I, you know, of course, husbands are real good at pacifying their wives, and uh, she suffered greatly. She is, I, I hurt a lot of people, but she suffered the most. Uh, she just, I just greatly tormented her spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, uh, just horribly uh, tore this wonderful lady down, and she is a wonderful lady. That my issues were mine. She's The best wife anybody could have, but uh, so I destroyed that, my marriage, my two children, and eventually it led to uh, arrestable, and I was incarcerated and went to prison here in Alaska and uh, just thought life was all over, no more life, and uh, I didn't feel like I was worthy to cry out to God. In fact, I read Ezekiel 36, and he said, you have profaned the name of the Lord, and I'm totally guilty, totally and while in prison and doing a program in there for rehabilitation, uh, God used that to really open my eyes to the extent and the depth of, of what I've done and what I allowed in my life and feigning religiosity and being a, a preacher and, and on the state board and of our denomination and, you know, preaching at a world conference and all that, but just a huge hypocrite. Uh, and I knew all the verses. I'm, I'm very, very adept at Scripture, um, but I would not bring it out. And, and when I did try, there were people that didn't know what to do. And so I used that as an excuse not to continue to look into this. And I just thought, well, the great exploits, that's going to make up to it. You know, God's going to be good to me. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to pay for this by my great exploits. Well, the whole world came coming down. I went to prison, what's done in secrets proclaimed on the housetops and destroyed everything, and horribly, horribly hurt a lot of people, and especially uh, the mother of our children and our two children. Horribly destroyed them. Horribly. And uh, so I went to prison, and I just thought it was all over. I didn't go to chapel. I didn't do anything. I just had no right to be in the things of God. Well, in that prison was a chaplain uh, that really loved God, and he heard about me, he came to see me, and he would never give up. And it took about a year for me to get to a place that believed that God could really forgive me and restore me. Uh, chaplain Solomon, just he's the longest running chaplain in the state of Alaska, and I work with him side by side today. But uh, so he persisted. I became a chaplain's clerk, recommitted my life to Christ, uh, and it was real difficult because I've done horrible, horrible things to You know, God can forgive everybody else, but not me. And and I know, you know, having worked in this arena now for the last 26 years, uh, you know, God can forgive anyone. But that's one of the things we battle when we're in the depths of our sin. And uh, so God began to restore me, dealt with me heavily. Uh, I needed a very powerful, uh, this was not a Christian program, uh, but they dealt with me powerfully, and I hated it, and I found all kinds of excuses to try to, put it down, but God used it to really deal with my life, and I'm grateful to God. And I'm grateful to the Department of Corrections. I uh, got out of prison, not expecting anything, and uh, I got involved in uh, one of the leading churches in the whole state of Alaska. If we were to talk about a church that is uh, most widely known in the state of Alaska, I went to that church. I really thought they would tell me not to. pastor who's really well-known across the country, took my hand and his two hands, and he said, you're welcome here if there's anything I can do. And that was the beginning. He said, I want you to meet my uh, pastor of counseling. I met him, met with him every week for a year, uh, sharing with him everything I knew about my life. And uh, didn't know that behind the scenes, he and the pastor had been talking about starting a recovery ministry, the very first Christian recovery ministry in the state of Alaska. They went down to Saddleback and originally started with Celebrate Recovery. Came back, and he said to me, uh, we would really like you to be part of this men's sexual addiction. I had been out a year, and uh, he said, we would like you to help us with this. And that's the beginning. And so for the last 26 years, uh, 25 years, I've been involved. I started out uh, helping the sexual addiction group, leading the sexual addiction group. Got invited by the state uh, a chaplain to go back into prison and share my story. Um, did that numerous years, many, many years, was visiting prisons here in Alaska and sharing. They asked me to do a program inside, so I started doing that. Um, I was involved in my church and their recovery ministry, and it was growing like crazy because it was the first in Alaska. And, uh, and then working in prison ministry, still working a, a job. And then uh, from there, uh, there was an organization that is responsible Uh, to provide funding for all the chaplaincy. Uh, The state of Alaska provides room and board and facility, but does not provide materials, computers, pens, pencils, papers, DVDs, everything that you would want in a 24-7 inside program. And uh, so the ACM called me one day and said, hey, we have a TLC program in uh, the prison, uh, for men downtown, we have another one for the ladies at Highland Mountain and Eagle River, and we would like you to be the program director for the one downtown for, with men. So I came down here, and was a counselor and a program director of this program that I'm sitting in at this very minute, and began to do that, and God has just done amazing things. I mean, unbelievable things. It's It's just amazing, and I wish we had time to talk about all the miracles, but... Everyone's familiar with miracles, and if you can think of some of the most fantastic that could happen in a prison, we have had that rich blessing. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, In this prison, I'm like Joseph. (laughs) Uh, God has given me favor with all the main people, and just a few weeks ago, I was with the lieutenant governor of Alaska. God has given great great favor, and God is—it's it, all God. Well, anyways, so we did this. ACM uh, director retired, and I took over uh, executive director of Alaska Correctional Ministries, uh, the Prodigals Ministries that we have that came out of our church. So we have the church ministry recovery. We have the Prodigals ministry. There are five here in Alaska, and there are uh, three across the United States, and then there's a couple over in Europe. Uh, men that have graduated from this program. And, you know, God says to make disciples, and so that's what we do. And so I've been doing this for 20, 25 years, and it's exciting. It is so thrilling. I love going to jail every day. Mm. So that's the short version, Mike.
1: Great. Thank you. Um, So some questions. How long were you in prison?
2: I was in prison for four years. I deserve much
1: longer. Mm. <clears throat> and you talked about not feeling worthy, and so how did you, how does you come to a place of peace and accepting forgiveness and working through the shame
2: yeah um it it you know um a, a lot of christians are, are especially in this day we live they 're more into microwave christianity and and so you know when i was when I was in that and I went to counselors and everything. And, uh, you know, they, you know, you just need to get over this. You need to just stop doing that. Man, I just, and I go, man, I'm just no good. So anyway, when I went to prison, uh, you know, I quickly realized I, I'm out of control. I, I'm, I'm horrible. And um, and so the chaplain began to minister to me, you know, all the things about God's love and redemption and, and, and everything and all the biblical examples and everything. And it was like water in a seed because it didn't happen overnight. Uh, I know all those verses. I've preached all over the place. I've spoken all kinds of places. I've, uh, But, you know, uh, I, I, the, when I began to realize the horror of what I've done, and I think that's something that's important for people that are trapped in addiction, is, yeah, God God will deliver. God will do amazing things, and for the most part, it's progressive. But one of the things is a person has to realize how horrible uh, the things that they've done uh you know, everybody wants to read the New Testament, but we're all forgetting the Old Testament. And so, and then, of course, there's the personal issues that wouldn't allow me, the the, the anger, the bitterness, the self-pity, the victim stance, the uh, just uh, numerous issues in my uh, of my life that just would not allow the horrendous things that I've done against God, as David said, and, and in the world. And, of course, you know, society let me know. And so as I was beginning to grow in those things. So it was a progressive thing uh, between the grace of God, the ministry of God, and my issues and, and uh, you know, my flesh and self-condemnation, of course, the enemy. Um, so it took almost a year, but of constant ministry. So there were not only the chaplains, the state chaplain got involved, but then the brothers that were in Christ in prison as well would minister. And so it was a progressive thing to come to a place where, I truly believe God could forgive me and uh, uh, and just release myself unto the Lord and have that prayer with the chaplain and with the men in the prison, and God just did a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, you know, I still have a little thing. I mean, when a police officer pulls up behind me when I'm driving down the road, I still feel
1: funny. Yeah. Um, you mentioned microwave Christianity. What is that?
2: Well, I've been in this thing since uh, 1973. Um, and the Jesus movement was going on, and there was a lot of great things about that, absolutely. I, the new movie that came out here later earlier this year, Jesus Revolution, I was part of all of that. Uh, all of that. Uh, I've met Greg Lowry, and uh, he's he's preached at our church when we were here in Alaska and all that stuff. And I was part of all that, the hippie movement, Jesus portion of it. And, uh, and you know, all of that was really, really great. But there has been a lot of... Uh, uh, Billy Graham made the statement one time that he felt like he was selling the gospel too too freely, too easily, you know. Uh, the gift of God is free, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but when you and I come to Christ, and in my opinion, we're just coming in the door. The sanctification begins, and fa- sanctification is not only initial, but progressive and eternal. So the rest of our lives, we're in a process of sanctification, especially those of us that have been and caught in addiction and all the numerous uh, aspects that are associated with that Uh, addiction uh, has different variances depending on the person how they were raised their issues so on like that and there's a multitude working here in prison I don't use a cookie cutter uh, uh, methodology in working with these people Uh, I can give them cookie cutter verses and recite this recite that you know like a lot of people do but that may not be the verse that God wants for that person And so it takes a lot of discernment and so in my life, God began to do a work. And there were people that didn't understand where I was at or how I did this or people like me or whatever. And uh, I needed people that knew what they were doing. And, and I'm, I'm grateful when God does miracles. i got no problem with it. God does a miracle and instantaneously sets somebody totally free. Great, go for it. Uh, but I have found that the uh, majority of people, Uh, It's going to be progressive uh, on their ability to surrender at every step that God begins to do this, continues to do this sanctification process. And I've seen a lot of people get discouraged. I see a lot of people name and claim it. And later on, there they are. I got men down the hall in this prison that used to be part of this program. And they did really well, but they went back to it. And uh, so, you know, Christianity is a lifelong lifestyle. It's not something we put on to get right with God and, and take care of that, and then we go back to our lives. It's, and, and it's not just with inmates, it's with society. A lot of Christians just, it's kind of a weekend thing. I mean, I hate to say it that way, and we know better, but it really does turn in. Because when you talk about devotion to God and service to God and ministry to God, a lot of people just kind of have a, okay, I do my part with God, you know, and I do a little more than extra. But no, this is a life. This is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. This is the way I live. This is what I hunger for. And and i got to tell you, at this point in my life, there's only one other step. That's going to heaven. So whether uh, China or Russia or Afghanistan or Korea get carried away and it's the end of the world, uh, that's a plus for me. Uh, I'm leaving. And and then if the rapture takes place, I'm out of here. It's a win-win, man, (laughs) whether I live or I die. Uh, So anyway, that's what I mean by that.
1: Talk about prayer and how important that has been.
2: Nothing. And, and that's a big thing, Mike. When, when I went into the Jesus movement, I got caught on Christianity and all that. That was one of the weakest areas of my life, because it was just—David uh, Wilkerson made the statement that, you know, all this new Christian music is good, but it's becoming more and more about entertainment than it really is about the things of God. And he and Dallas Holm had a little argument about that, and, you know, everything's continued— and there are uh, musicians, especially the song that uh, I've seen uh, casting Crown, the song you had on the radio program. They've been here twice, but uh uh there are serious uh, musicians, but there are uh, you know we've turned it into an ind- entertainment industry, and that really concerns me. Well, David Wilkerson brought that out in the seventies. you know, wait a minute, wait a minute we're going it's more about entertainment and and rocking out and and I like music like you just played. I love it. But um, I'm all about sincere. You know, is my heart really into it? And and so in saying that, when I first got into all of that, I thought I was, but I didn't see it. I either I didn't see God enough to really see it and speak to me about it. And and he, I know He had to be speaking to me because man, I've had a lifetime of this obsessive compulsivity when I was plain preacher, mm. and and uh, and because I was so flamboyant, everybody thought, well, no, he's got to be a great man. No, I, I got things going on. And then the other side is I. there's just not the ministry there. And I don't want to blame everybody. It, I just didn't receive it. And I think, you know, I am concerned about our current generation and uh, they think it's all new. It looks pretty much like the Jesus movement back then. It's just different clothes, different hairstyle, whatever. And I'm concerned about that. And I'm concerned about the upcoming generations. And uh, you know, we got all these festivals and worship things, and I think all of that is great if there's really the depth of the things of God through the Word and prayer. And and then there's real shallowness in prayer. You know, mm. uh, are you going to the worship uh, meeting tomorrow night uh, because you really love Jesus and you just adore being in His presence, or because it's a rock concert? Mm. Um, so prayer has been vital. Uh, it, it it leads to the deeper things of God as opposed to the shallowness, a lot of shallow theology, and and not everybody. There's a lot of great churches, a lot of a lot of people, but you know when you talk about groaning for God and fasting for God and 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 just reaching out and and separating from the world unto God, well man, you know God has called us to get out there and blah blah. Yeah yeah, but you can't get out there in your own strength, and that's what I was doing all those years of ministry. I was doing it in my own strength because I had this guilt going on. And I did not spend the time in prayer and seeking God. And so not only do I pray, I got a lot of people praying because this is not going to happen without Him. And, and, Mike, like I said, we don't have enough time, but God has done amazing things. And I just go, holy, guacamole. holy. Who am I? You know, uh, and of course, that's another song that they sing. Who am I that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name? But the word of God says, what is man that thou art mindful? And I go, man, I, I went from the prison to executive director of the, uh, the largest uh, uh, Christian ministry in prisons there is. And by the way, our program inside, we have one for ladies and we have one for men just like I'm at right now. Right this minute, my prisoners are out here in a room listening to a local preacher teach them. They have five classes a day, five classes a day, two encounter groups a day, counseling all day long. We have our own mod. Nobody comes in this mod except men that want to grow in the Lord. We also have one out at the ladies' prison in Eagle River. And God has given us great favor. And I go, who am I to do this? And God does wonderful, wonderful things. But it doesn't happen without prayer.
1: Mm. Rudy, we have a minute left, so I want to invite you Love you brother. <clears throat> to pretend that you're sitting across a pastor right now who's struggling. What would you say to him?
2: Oh, I've had so many of those. Oh Brother Rudy, you're not going to like me when I tell you my story. And, and he doesn't know my story, And he, the pastor the pastor just pours his heart out. I just share with him about the things of God, what God has done in my life, what I've done, where I've been. What God has done is amazing forgiveness and love and grace, but it's going to be a journey. And you've got to be willing to do whatever it takes to do this journey. You've got to take the time to do this and do it seriously. This will destroy everything in your life. And I've told people, do you think you've hit the bottom? There's deeper bottoms in this arena. And all these years I've been doing this, I, have, I, I thought I've heard it all, and then I hear something else. Mm. But God has done amazing things. And, I, and that's another thing about this, Mike, as we end I have seen many pastors, men from all backgrounds, that God has restored powerfully. But it takes, it takes a serious walk with this. But it's worth it. I'm sitting here today, and I, and I walk these halls of prison. I can't believe I get to do what I get to do.
1: Well, thank you, my friend. This has been great, and we're out of time. So thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time.
2: Absolutely. Thank you, Mike.
0: Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org, email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144. This program was sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries.